0: Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. So Today, we are doing and continuing our series, If, powerful, two-letter word, We've been looking at this, and, and I tell you, it's powerful because if you think of the decisions that you have to make, the, the, the struggles that you have, there is something that's calling us to realize that there's the effect, there's the fruit of all that we do. It's packed in this little if, and that's what we've been looking at the last few weeks, and specifically last week. We unpacked a very well-known story the story of Peter and Jesus, and we got the point where Jesus called Peter out uh, to come out onto the water, and the reason is it was response to the question that Peter asked, "Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out there." And and Peter, and Jesus goes, "Come," and Peter. This is where I couldn't believe it. He he asked that question to do that. And Jesus responded. Like, why would you ask that question, dude? Would you really want to do that? And the reason is, is we, we looked at this really relationship. Peter wanted to be like Jesus, he wanted to do like what his, what his master was doing. And it modeled to us, really, uh, out, of, out of where we are in our comfortability to step out and to go where Jesus is going. That Jesus is not in the boat, Jesus is out there. And what he has called each and every one of us to do. See, last Sunday morning after we left here, I think there was a lot of good things that were were said, but I feel like we're hanging on a little bit on the fact that what does it really feel like to take that step out? See, I want to go back to the story, but I don't want to go back to Peter stepping out. I want to go back to where you and I step out, where we step out of this feeling of, of stepping out of faith, what does that feel like? And I have found this to be true. What, the, whatever I'm stepping out of my comfortability, there's one emotion involved, and that is fear. And that fear is a real thing. See, the problem, though, when it comes to, when we talk about fear, especially in church and been in Christian culture, fear is the talking about, it's been kind of frowned upon. We talk about it, we talk about it in a negative way. That's not very spiritual to say that you have fear. I've heard the message that the fear is the opposite of faith. And maybe you thought that way before. But lately, I've been thinking differently about that. People will say that they've overcome with fear. And they, you know, people say, well, you just, brother or sister, you just need more faith. You just need more faith. It's almost like that. That faith is something you take off the shelf at Costco or you order on Amazon, right? Oh, let me just get some more faith. How many? How much faith do you need? Let's just go ahead and ring that up. Listen, it doesn't work that way. Faith is not a commodity, is it? It's it's an action that we take. And so when people say they have they 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 they, were, they have fear, fear tells you something. See, last week I was thinking about this, and in, in, in where there's times where that, that people were in fear many times in Scripture is because they're about to step out in faith. Every single time, in fact, I looked at some of the, big, the biggies in Scripture where they step, had to step into the unknown. They were filled with fear. I think of, I think of Abraham. Here he's, God called him to be the father of a, a great nation, but he was 90-something years old. Like, really? That's kind of crazy to be a 90-year-old father to be, Right? And, and, and so he's in fear. And, and so God says to him, don't be afraid. I am your shield and great reward. You think of Joshua is freaking out. He's a new leader of a million plus people taking them out of the desert into the promised land. And the only problem was there's people that already live in the house and they're supposed to kick them out to go in there. And, and he says this to him. He's, God says to him, "How did I not command you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Fear is connected with stepping out in faith. And you think of multiple times that Jesus said to his disciples, Do not fear, step as you're stepping out in the faith. And Peter was an example of that that we looked at. So I'm, I'm all the times I look and I, through scripture, that when people stepped out in faith, fear was involved. So I formed this, I'm calling a faith fear faith theory. Okay? So this is, I, is original. I didn't Google this. This is what I. I came up with, and I'm testing it. You could come to me afterwards and disagree with me. Get off coffee, we can talk about this. But this is what I've come to a place to believe. Fear is not the opposite of faith, but it's the confirmation that you really are stepping out in faith. Put it simply, fear is not the absence of faith, but it's actually a part of it. It goes with the territory. So if you don't have any fear, you really aren't stepping out in faith, Right? If you because you're really not taking a risk that feeling to actually do that can freak us out at times. And here is the thought is that it's it's okay that you have fear it's it's addressing the fear because what it says that you and I have to dependent upon God. God if 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 you aren't in the middle of this it's gonna be bad. I've got to trust you like I've never trusted. Me, trusted you before. Faith. If I tell you, if you don't feel fear and stepping out of faith, you might not be stepping out and taking the risks that God's called you to take. See, I don't think there's anybody here today that came in after worship, you sat down, never questioned once where the chair you're sitting in is holding you up. Nobody here probably did that. Nobody thought, oh, because there's a lot of decisions that we make in life, we don't need a lot of, it require a lot of faith. You didn't have to think about, like, have faith in your breakfast cereal or your, your milk that you drank or coffee or whatever. You, you, but there's times when we're faced with huge decisions that force us to step out of our comfortability that really require faith. And when we do that, the Bible says, when we step out of faith, we please God. It says, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Impossible. So when we when we step out, we're pleasing the Lord. But with it comes, I, I think there's a bit of fear involved. See, I think we need to be honest with that. Let's not act like fear is not involved. Let's not pretend it doesn't affect us. Let's not try to look spiritual to, so, so, so others think that we've got it all together. Because I think in many ways we're denial of that. Fear itself is not bad. It's how we channel our fear. Fear has two sides to it. There's a healthy side and there's an unhealthy side. Think about gravity. You know, if if some of you don't have any fear of gravity, well, guess what? You're going to die prematurely okay, at some point because gravity's going to win. Okay, at the end of the day. But if you're so scared of heights, okay, there's unhealthy. There's a healthy. Um, there's a healthy fear of heights that you should be careful of. But there's an unhealthy fear of heights because you won't want to fly anywhere and go anywhere that, that can trap us. And so fear, it's the it's it's what we do with it. Does it motivate us to really trust God or do we, does it paralyze us? This morning, as we think of the, the what ifs, we need to, there's something that gets in the way and it's our big butt. You might be going, did did you just really say big butt? Yes. It's, it's our butts in the way, and this is what we do. We say this, but what if? What is your but? What if? What do you think about? What is that? What is in the way for you to really, truly step out? Some of you might be doing this, but what if my spouse, kids, or parents die, or, or, or they get a terrible disease? But what if I die, or I get sick? What will happen to me? But what if I lose my job? But what if my spouse leaves me? But what if I risk and I, I get rejected by someone? What if I never find a mate? But what if? I, I, the decision I'm about to make is not the right decision. That's ultimately right, what we, we, what we face. But what if what, we have these in our lives? Fear is real. And so if we want to address that, we want to address those, but what if we have to call it for what it is. Because if we don't, it will have power over us. And what it leads to is the unhealthy side of fear, which is worry and anxiety. And that's what I going to speak on just for a couple minutes the unhealthy side of fear. If you're, before we step out in faith and with fear that comes with it, we got to dress for what it is. Uh, they, they say about when it comes to worry and anxiety, 95% of the things that you worry about and stress about actually never happen. Did you know that? Some of you are going, well, but there's the 5% right? That's what keeps us up in the middle of the night. And I have observed in my own struggle and worry and anxiety that's come over me many, many times. And I think sometimes it's culture has not helped us. The media has not helped us. Social media has not helped us all because it's almost like we're getting too, infor- too much information. You've heard that, you know, ignorance shouldn't be bliss. Sometimes it kind of is. It's kind of nice. I think we're getting almost too much information. Because some of you like this will go and they get, you've got a rash, or you're going to ache or pain. And back in the day, we just call our doctor and a day or two, or even that day, the doctor will see us. But now there's like really, really good doctors. You ever try to find a really, really good doctor and they go, oh, he's the best doctor ever, but you can't see him. He's booked out three months. Okay. And so, you know, so what do you do and wait till three months? You know what you end up doing? You end up Googling your problem. Have you done that before? Don't raise your hand. You have like some kind of minor rash and all of a sudden you find out like you have a terminal disease. That's really happens. And you DYI your health. Don't do that because it's undue stress and worry and concern. And that's silly. But we do that. We get ourselves all worked up and worry and stress and anxiety. Not to surpri- not surprise to us that the U.S. has the highest use of antidepressants in the world. You're probably like, yeah, that's true. And then, hey, listen, if you're on an antidepressant, I know there's medical and clinical reasons for that. But it does tell us something about the struggles we have and the battle we have in our own world. Dr. Ch- Charles Mayo, founder of the Mayo Clinic, says this, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, and the whole nervous system. He says, I never met a, a man or woman to die of, from overwork, but, but I have known a lot of people die of worry and anxiety. Simply put, worry weakens us. Worry bre- wears us out physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, I have a lot of issues in my life, and one of those is worry and anxiety at times. I remember several years ago that our church went through a very difficult time and transitioned some leadership, and it was really, really hard as people just said, I'm out of here. And it wasn't a good way out of there. People says, I'm out of here. We weren't sending anybody anywhere, and that they left. And I remember just... Having chest pains. And I had to go to the doctor because I thought maybe I was having a heart attack. And the doctor goes, check the EKG and everything. He goes, here's a counselor. Some of you have had to do that before. And I remember talking with my friend, Eric Johnson, who's my counselor. He said, okay, I hear all that's going on and everything. Just do this. Take a deep breath. Exhale. (sighs) Okay, one more time. And he taught me to breathe. To really go, well, I know how to breathe. Really learn how to breathe. Because we get hyper, like, and he just says this. When you exhale, say, I trust you, Jesus. (laughs) Had to tell me to do that, right? That that is for all of us at times. It's just to take that moment and take that opportunity. This viciousness of anxiety can come over us at times. I tell you, things, our mind gets out of control. What seems like speed bumps become mountains in our life. And you might relate with me. I've lost sleep. I've dwelled on things all day. I've been compulsive about things. I've been worried about things. And what I think the tragedy for me many times not only does it to my body physically, but I tell you what it does is it, 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 it distracts me from the, the relationships in front of me, my wife and my kids and the people that, are, that, that God has put in my life to care for and reach out to. So all that to say, I'm, I'm much better than several years ago. And I'm learning as we're going. But I'm learning also that I'm not in it alone. There's others as well. We all struggle at some point probably when it deals with worry. But here's the thing. It exhausts us and it wears us out. And that's why Jesus says he wants to tell us to help us to do that, to deal with it. I love the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus offers practical things about his kingdom and he has a whole section on worry. I can't believe how much time it is. Are you guys going to stay with this? Seahawks play later. Are we okay with this? I just looked at the time. Not going to worry about that uh, as I'm talking on worry. But here's the thing. I want to get to the scripture. And I want you, as we read this, this is the unhealthy things about worry and anxiety. I want to address them. Then we're going to talk about faith here again in a moment. Jesus says these words and let them wash over you. Take a deep breath and exhale and listen to these. Jesus says this. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you wear, is not life more than food and body more than clothes? The answer is yes, it's what much more, but we get caught up in everything. So as you think about this, you let that sink in, ask yourself this question, what really is important? What really is important? I know it's such a basic question, But what really matters in our lives? We get so focused on the material world. We get so focused on the things that we gotta do and we gotta accomplish. And we go through life as to-do lists and they exhaust us. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't be responsible for the things that we need to do. But sometimes we get all the to-do lists done and then we don't have much of a life left to live. I remember one night just so exhausted from everything I did that the last thing I needed to do was like floss my teeth, like, oh, Isn't that like, ah, it's the word. It's like, I can't, I was exhausted. I can't even floss my thing. I think, oh my gosh, you know, where am I with this? And I I think in our lives, we just get to that place, and Jesus says, man, you're stressed and you're worried. He goes, you know what? Look at my birds and the flowers that I created. He says this, look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store away in barns? Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I've never, I, I, I've never seen you stress out birds before, have you? Okay, I've, I've, never seen, I've never seen flowers that, you know, are worried, right? Look at this, but Jesus says this. He says, are you not, are you not much more valuable than they? Yeah, we're much more valuable. Well, that seems kind of like egotistical. It, it, we're, we are created in God's image. We are his prized possession, not only does he, yeah, he loves what he did in creation, but he loves us. So we need to understand he deeply loves us. And you got to keep that in mind in everything. Because he says this, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And the answer is, nope. But how many of us would say we wasted hours worrying about things that, we, that are out of our control? compulsive about things that continued on that we couldn't do anything about, or at least we couldn't do anything until the next day when we called that person and dealt with it, right? And yet we get compulsive about it. We're all in this, aren't we, at times? Some are better in dealing with it than others. And I find it interesting that Jesus... He, he circles the block again and making sure we get this when he says this. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor a And I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God, God's clothes, the, the grass of the field, which is here today and, and today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith, Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Pagans, you know what pagans are? People that are consumed about about themselves more than anyone else. If you don't know what a pagan is, you're going to, you can find them every year on Black Friday, lined up at Walmart, getting in at 5 (laughs) a.m. You're like, I resemble that remark, okay? I'm just saying, not judging, I'm just saying, Okay. But we get caught up in our stuff and what we're doing. And I, I, I think about all that we want, the pleasures, the positions, the power, the possessions, whatever starts with a P there. We go after, and it's almost kind of like, it reminds me of cotton candy. That was always oh, it's so good, I know oh, what to get. And it, it leaves us empty and sticky and with tooth decay. There's really no substance to what we really have. And we get caught up in what the world offers us. And, and, I, and it's really what it is, is feeding our flesh. We've been dabbling in Romans 8 throughout this series. And and, and I want to, as a touch point, listen to this. Paul describes this, going after and feasting after our flesh. He says, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, set their minds on the things of the spirit. Set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. And what I find is it's so empowering to know that. Set means you can do it. You have the power. You can have intentionality to set it. Just like setting the temperature in your house. By this is what I'm going to eat today. This is my schedule today. You can set it for you to set living according to your minds toward the spirit. To do that, and that word set actually means to anchor. It means to. Put that anchor down, go, you know what? This is what I'm going to be at. This is what I'm going to fix my mind about. And I want you to think about this. Set your minds on things above. What are things above? Things that will matter 500 years from now. With what I do today, will it matter 500 years from now? And if it's connected to a relationship, most likely. If it's not connected to a relationship, it won't matter. But it's intentional with that. And and Jesus goes on. Because of that, God, God offers something far beyond fluff Eternal satisfaction, he says, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. So all the things you go after and everything you're wondering what you need. No, no, no. The father himself knows what you need. God is God. And he's the God who gives every perfect gift that comes from God. The Bible says that God supplies all our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. But you need to know this. The reason he can do that and the reason he does is he's not only most powerful, but he is good and it's because of his great love for us. Listen to the Apostle John that tells us this. We've got to be reminded at all of why our Heavenly Father does this. He says, so know and rely on the love of God for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And I love this. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear. Earlier I said that, that faith is not the opposite of fear. It's part of it. It's part of what it is. But I tell you this is love and fear are opposites. If you're living in fear, you're not living in love. You're not living in understanding the love that God has for you. See, it's just like when our kids did it or you did it as a kid, you, when there's thunder and lightning, you ran to mom and dad's room. That's the, that's the kind of love that you're you're looking for security and comfort and peace. That's the kind of love our heavenly father offers us, closest in relationship and having the confidence that Jesus says, once you have that and trusting in my father and everything he's given us, this is what you can do. It's one word, seek. Here's a famous verse, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first and everything else will fall in place. In fact, I love what Matthew in the message says this because that's that verse is so famous sometimes, we familiar, that we kind of gloss over it. Listen to what it. it says in the message. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. When we seek first, everything else will work out. And what you don't get, you guess what you didn't need? your father provided when you seek him first and when we seek him first it's trusting in him that he is good because of his great love providing everything that we absolutely need when we fight our flesh and we pursue the spirit he will give us and he will satisfy us i tell you what whatever seems fluffy and sticky that has no substance will just go away you won't crave that any longer you're going to crave eternal the eternal things that god has for you this word steep means to, to drench, to saturate, immerse yourself. Now, what do we steep ourselves in? There's two practical things to leave you with. First is God's truth, his word. To, to fight the lies, the battle that goes on, and every day that comes after us, all these lies and everything comes is God's truth in our lives. This is so powerful. Listen to 2 Corinthians 10 to fight the lies. We say, we, dismal, we demolish arguments and every pretension that it sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Set your mind on things above. Make every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. And the only way you can know the truth is is, and have freedom in the truth is to know the truth by, by studying the truth, knowing God's word, to be ready to fight at any moment's notice. Some of us, are, some of us guys here, and there's some ladies that do quads. They're, they're small groups that we get together. There's three or four of us get together and talk about, one of the things we do as a discipline is we memorize scripture. I tell you, it's, it's, I think it's easier for younger kids to do that. And us older people, like trying to get, get our old minds to do that. But it's so powerful because it brings back moments. Knowing God's word deep within us is so, so powerful. Steeping ourselves in God's word, but also steeping ourselves in God's people. We got God's truth, but we're not supposed to walk as in, with Jesus as a solo act. Christy and I, my wife and I, we love our small group, and we love our new small group leaders. And even the other night, one of the things I learned of, with God's people is when you, got, you build a trust and you've got a safe place, you can share your worries. You can share your concerns with them. And people go, they don't judge you, but they go, hey, me too. I understand what you're going through. I, I can relate with that. And it's so powerful that we have that. And so if you're not a part of community, you're not in a small group, you are missing out. It is so powerful. Good to be able to build that. And it takes time. It's awkward at first and trying to get to know everybody. But over time, our group, many of us have been together for a couple of years and didn't know each other. And you know you got banter going on, and you're joking with each other and all that. We have that kind of group going on and we can share our heart and people go, they don't judge you. They're like, hey, we're walking with you through it all. Man, the combination of God's truth and God's people, man, takes gives us perspective. What seems like a mountain becomes a molehill because we're we're in it together. Jesus' last words of trusting in God and not worry. He says, this: therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I love how Jesus kind of lays it out there. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today is probably bad for you. Deal with today. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't think about tomorrow. It doesn't mean we shouldn't plan for tomorrow or prepare for tomorrow. We're not supposed to worry about tomorrow. Each day has enough troubles of its own. That's a trust. God, you're going to take care of tomorrow. I'll, yeah, I get some thoughts and prepare for tomorrow. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm going to, am I going to be so consumed with tomorrow that I forget the opportunities today? And the people that I'm with today, that really does matter. Jesus says, let it go. Come to me, all your weary burden. I will give you rest. Trust me as you step out toward me. Because whatever you're stepping out to, it's not it It is who you're going to. And Jesus is not in the boat of comfortability. He's out there. He's out there. That's where he's at. And he's called us to that relationship with him. But it leads us back to, as as we're not supposed to have unhealthy fear, that's worry, anxiety, but we should step out and recognize, call fear for what it is when we're stepping out of faith. But we need to go back to how big is our butt? You're like, you don't like that. I know you don't like that. It's uncomfortable. My wife and I will be talking about this. I can't believe you said that. But, but what ifs? What is that excuse? What is in the way that's stopping you to step out? What is your but what if? What is it? Can we give it to the Lord today? Can I share? We're gonna, our team's going to come here in a moment. But can I share mine? It's pretty obvious. It's what we are doing today. Launching out a new church. It's interesting, and I, I don't, I, I said the first service, I don't want to be like Tyler. And in the sense, I love Tyler and who he is, but for him, and that's a special grace that God's given both Tyler and Bonnie to be launching this new church. God called them to do that, but there is a specific calling that God's called us to be a church planning parent pastor of a church that's launching. It's kind of scary as well, because like, what's going to happen? And I, I tell you, I have a little bit of fear about the whole thing. I'm going to be honest with you, like what? But what if everybody goes there? But what if what what if this happens? W- will we have enough money? Will we be able to do this future? What if what if I'm being be honest? I'm just being human. It's real feelings, and some of you're going, yeah. What's going to happen? But isn't that where faith is involved? Isn't that where when we're at the trepidation, like God, if if you're not in this, it's going to bomb. It's going to bomb. It's going to fail. But I have this confidence that what God has done and what he spoke even to my heart several years ago, I mean, seven or nine years ago when we moved out here, I was like, God, what about Blaine? What about Blaine? And what God has done in bringing the Mitchells to our family here and then to see a group of people and gather a group of people to go do that work, it's awesome. It's going to be amazing. But there's some fear involved. It's real fear. And we need to call for what it is. So that means, guess what? We have, as we're stepping out of faith and there's fear behind it, it should motivate us to get to our knees. It should motivate us in such a way that we're stretching such a way that some of us who are sitting in these chairs and been coming to church are going to recognize, oh, there's a few empty seats here. Guess what? I got some friends I can invite. You might find some areas around here that are going, wow, that person, oh, they're over at Blaine now. They're doing the work over there. Oh, I need to step up and help and do that the work they're doing in Blaine, there's some areas that they there's needing help with. There's areas that, that you have gifts in. See, we're working together as we're working out and spreading the mission of Jesus farther. It takes faith. But here's the powerful thing about it all. It's not what we're doing, it's who we're doing it for and who we're pursuing. And it's Jesus. And Jesus ain't in the boat anymore. Jesus is out there. And we are to step out in faith. And it's scary and it's freaking us out, isn't it? You and I, come on. You're, you're going, nah, no, you're freaking out too. I know you are. And it is, but it's glorious. It's going to be awesome because new people that don't know Jesus are going to find Jesus. There is going to be people that are going to be stirred to get on the mission of Jesus because they never thought they would get on the mission of Jesus. They're going to s- stop just coming to church and they're going to be the church. It's going to put us in a place of desperation, calling out the God in such a, a way that we're going to see the miraculous take place. It's going to happen. Do you believe that? I believe that. And I have confidence the Lord's leading us, but I'm a little freaked out about it. Here's the thing as we pray as a church, but I'm gonna close with this. Your greatest fear is God's greatest opportunity. As we go to prayer today, it might not be about just planting another church and stepping out there, but for you individually, what is God saying? What is your greatest fear right now? What is causing, man, I gotta step out of my comfort boat into the great unknown, and I'm freaking out. Guess what? Own that fear. Don't be afraid of the fear of that. Don't deny that fear. Say, God, I gotta trust you like I never trusted you before in this. But in it, recognize the worry and anxiety with it. He doesn't want you stressed. He doesn't want you waking up all through the night and lose sleep. None of that's of God. There's peace that he offers us here. There's a tension with that. And only the Lord can help us through that tension. I'm not gonna put a great little bow on it and say, everything will be fine. It's all gonna be good. I have no idea. I can't give you certainty what's tomorrow, but I can give you clarity that Jesus is out there. And he's called us to step toward him in relationship with him. And whatever that looks like, knowing that he's good and that he loves us. And, he, and we, when we trust him in such a way, our relationship with him is gonna go incredibly, incredibly amazing. And we're gonna to go to places we never thought before and dream never thought before because we took the risk to do it. I do not want to go into heaven and God says to me, Jesus says to him, great life you live, but you played it safe. I want on my tombstone, he tried. I don't mind you. He tried. I, wanted, I want that to be for you as well. We did our best, and it was worth it for all eternity. Will you pray with me? Lord, in all of this, It's not our feelings. It's not us finding self-confidence. It's not being motivated in our own way. Lord, there's no motivational, inspiring speech to make all this happen. It's a real feeling. It's called fear. And Lord, we call it for what it is. But you designed it that way. Lord, you, you, you put within us to be on the edge that... That, 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 no, we don't want to have fear and trepidation at a level that paralyzes us and brings worry and anxiety. That's not what you call us to. You call us to walk in peace. But, Lord, you, to walk in faith means we really got to trust you like we've never trusted you before. But we've got to step out, Lord, not only to the great unknown, but, Lord, we're stepping out toward you and what you are doing and where you are, Lord. And God, we do this as a church, as we launch another campus. Lord, we do it individually. Lord, right now we pray, whatever the great fear that a person has in this room right now, Lord, will you speak of the opportunity? Lord, their their but what if is in the way, Lord, of what you can do, Lord. Will you bring freedom to their life right now? Lord, it's scary, it's crazy, but will you give them your spirit and the nudge of courage and inspiration enough to say, Lord, I'm stepping out, I'm doing it. I'm gonna make that decision this week. I'm gonna make that phone call. I'm gonna step into the to a new thing and a new opportunity. And it's freaking me out, Lord. So Lord, I gotta trust you like never before. And Lord, you, you, you're pleased with that. You're pleased when we step out in faith. It, it gives it gives honor to you and glory to you and credit to you because, Lord, all you want is relationship with us and to do it with us together, to go where you're at. And it's not in a comfortability. It's not in a boat. It's out there where you are, Lord. We want to step out. So help us to do that, Lord. God, as we launch into the great unknown, Lord, it'll be glorious. It'll be crazy. But it, I tell you, Lord, it won't be boring that the end of our day, the end of our life, In eternity, we go, man, we tried. We did our best with your help and your spirit leading us, guide us. We pray this in Jesus' name.